Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to warn you, before we start this episode of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, we will be dealing with religious evangelical topics, topics that are very near to me in my life, not in a positive way, and something that Mike has opinions on too. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, this is a heavily opinionated podcast episode about religion from myself and Mike, and it's not going to be in the favorable sense. If you are uber-religious or not open to taking in a new way of looking at things, perhaps you should skip this episode. If you're open to hearing about the documentary Jesus Camp, then stick around because, boy, you're going to be in for a ride. Listener discretion is advised. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 990 of uh, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for... We're gonna party like it's 1999. <laughs> yes, it's uh, June 20th, 2018, um, 99 episodes, whatever. Number's just a number. I'm not really big into all that shit, but I know some people are. I'm here with my co-host, Mike. <laughs> Mike, how you doing? I heard from a little bird earlier that you were sweating your balls off over there in uh, Washington. Yeah, I am. It's uh, in the high 90s over here, and I know that's not much compared to probably somewhere in Florida or some other places no, it's pretty in comparable. the country. But um, it's even hotter because there's no AC because for some reason, uh, the, once, once again, I haven't had AC for like a month and it's not it was not supposed to take that long. The people they ordered the wrong part, and now we're still dealing with delays. So I mean, we're hoping we're gonna get central air fixed by the end of this week, maybe. But I'm not saying I'm not making any guarantees. And now is officially the hottest day of the summer, so it's just really bad timing. My my room is also at the end of the house where it gets the hottest because the sun is just blaring down through the window at all times <laughs> so um yeah it's not it's not the most comfortable thing but i'm giving it a go also you know i i did have sur t uh, surgery on my toe um it <laughs> eventually did actually get ingrown before it was just a an infection and i thought it was done and over with because it was growing fine for like six months and then recently I started to get pain in that normal type of area where you normally, uh, where I normally have, uh, experienced ingrown toenails. And I was like, oh, fucking great. Wonderful. And I just went to the podiatrist, uh, a few days ago and he was just basically, it was, he was like, yeah, it was last Saturday, last Saturday. And he was like, yep, it's ingrown. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, do surgery today, uh, so just hang back, hang tight, and I'm like, okay, I was not ready for it, was not prepared for surgery, I thought that I was gonna be taking, like, antibiotics for a week, <laughs> I was not prepared for it that day, so I, I was stressed out and nervous, um, and, uh, it feels a lot better, um, but I would say the worst part of it, folks, was the damn needles, 
of the lidocaine or whatever the hell it was that they injected into my foot. Well, if you guys ever thought that Mike held back on the details of his life and he wasn't really revealing who he truly was, then um, now that is proof positive that that is just not the case. I know, I know people were going to ask me about it anyway, so I thought, there you go. Here, here's, here's the update. And here's the whole story. If you guys thought we were going to be doing anything special as these episodes get higher up in number, you are dead wrong. <laughs> it, is, it is business as usual. No, just kidding. Um, this, is, this is kind of a special episode because we're covering a documentary, which is always a, a nice, fun, fresh break from the normal yeah. Unsolved Mysteries stuff. Because, I mean, that's fun and all, but I mean, like, you know... Unsolved Mysteries wouldn't be as great if it was the only thing I ever watched as a kid. Like, yeah. if it was the only show I ever watched, it wouldn't be as great as it, as I think it is. The fact that I watched other stuff in there, too, and yeah. had that variety made it more fresh when we it, would it, talk it, about it. It would be it would be like if I just watched nothing but sightings all the time or Rescue 911. They would, they would all lose their luster after a while. Yeah, for sure. So it's cool. I like shaking it up by doing stuff like this every now and then. And we did have a vote on our... On our um, fan group or whatever which you can join if you go to facebook.com and search uncovering unexplained mysteries in the group section um we i because i didn't know what to do for episode 99 i was debating i was like because we me and mike had talked about doing jesus camp and it's like do you guys want us to do jesus camp or just another set of unsolved mysteries segments that we talk about and i was surprised the amount of people that voted you know i i thought we, you yeah. know i thought i'd have like 20 people total like voting and all and it became this really tight race in the Un Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> segment. Uh, it won out by just a small little bit, but there was a lot of people in the comments who were like wanting us to do Jesus Camp. So we just said, fuck it. We're men of the people. We'll do both. Yep. So don't say we didn't. We're, we don't do anything special for you guys and gals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so we're doing. Oh, Jesus Camp. Um and, Jesus came. You know, Jesus. I'm just gonna go right into Jesus it. Jesus loves you, Josh. Oh God. <laughs> you know this. I watched this movie. I I know I've seen it. I saw it a long time ago. Like I know that for a fact. So when I watched it today, it was like, oh, this this movie documentary. Yeah. It's not really a movie. It's a documentary. And it's like, oh, okay, uh -huh. this documentary. Okay, now I remember. And you know, some people out there might watch this movie documentary. And by the way, if you want to see it in, in, in its entire entirety, you can go to Vimeo.com and type in Jesus Camp, and it, the whole thing's up there for free to watch in the in its entirety. And I, I recommend that you do give it a watch, if for no other reason than to kind of get into the mindset of how the like religious right think. Um, because as I'm... Well, a tip, at least the evangelicals, like the extreme no, evangelical person. No, honestly, dude, this is how, like, this is not <laughs> this is not an extreme case of how some Americans are. When you watch this documentary, this is how many, if not most, religious right uh, people think. Um, I watched this movie and it just and I know to a lot of people it may seem extreme. It may seem like an extreme movie and it's like, oh my goodness. But honestly, with my upbringing, with being brought up in a Southern Baptist church, being sent to a private Christian school uh, my whole life, just being steeped in Christianity, this just looked like a day in the life 
for me growing up as a kid. Uh-huh. Like this was nothing crazy to me. Like to a lot of people out there, it would be. But to me, it's like, yeah, I went to conferences like that. I went to seminars like that growing up. I had adults yelling about the fire and brimstone, about, you know, the devil is, uh, you know, making you do all these bad things and you don't want to be a hypocrite like the rest of the world. You want to be different. And, you know, it's putting all these, these serious, levying these serious, like, this guilt, really, on top of kids at such yeah. a young age. So um, the documentary opens up with, um, it's it's this children's prayer conference in Lee's Summit, Missouri. And you have Becky Fisher, and she's like this kids minister, and she's like an integral role in this documentary. I like to call her uh, Batshit Becky. Yeah, Batshit <laughs> bat Becky. Yeah, she's she's pretty fucking crazy. And she she is like, I would say she's like a main character in this documentary b- yeah. besides the kids. She, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, she's the antagonist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was actually going to say that. Yeah, she's the antagonist. And it the documentary opens up and it's showing these kids like in, on this pulpit doing this kind of like low rent interpretive dance to this like... It's so bad. To this like... They're dressed in fatigues. Some of the, at least the boys are dressed in fatigues. They got face paint on. Yeah, and, and then the girls are wearing like dance leotards and like these little lightning bolts or something they've drawn on their face with uh with black paint and they got like sticks and this is whole like interpretive dance where they're battling for the Lord and it's as cringe inducing as it sounds to watch folks there's a lot of it really is there's a lot of there's a lot of cringe in this you could call this cringe camp cringe you could yeah i (laughs) felt i felt the goosebumps of cringe on my body on my person several (laughs) times throughout this documentary and it's like this interpretive dance is every bit as lame and ridiculous as you think it would be and and they got like this hard rock playing in the background you know and it's like it's it's epic you know it's cool it's so cool, man. Yeah, and, and that's my problem with Christian music, too, is Christian music is always, like, 30 degrees off from being good at any given point. Like, I hear certain Christian, like, hard rock, and I'm like, ah, they almost... The eh. only one that I can stand is Skillet, and the reason why is because Skillet isn't really necessarily explicitly Christian in a lot of their music. Some of their songs are... But there's other tracks where you could really make the argument that it's, you know, could just be about believing in yourself yeah. or something like that. Yeah, well, those are always the best. Those are always the most successful Christian bands. The one that the ones that affiliate the least with Christianity, like Creed started off as a Christian group. Then they broke away from that shit really quick. Arms wide open. <laughs> yeah, uh, P.O.D., I don't know. Uh, they they're a loosely uh, Christian affiliated band. Their their CDs were carried in the Christian CD stores growing up. I remember. Then you got. I mean, there's even a, a Tommy Shaw and Sticks. They did a song that was kind of, it was uh, Christian slanted, but it was actually pretty good. That's because of Tommy Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. It's yeah, Sticks. guitar player for Sticks. <laughs> Sticks being the name of a river in hell, by the way, which I think is yeah. kind of a funny uh, irony there that they would work together. But yeah, so this um, lady who we know we we later learn is Becky Fisher. She's talking to these children in this like conference, 
and she's saying, it's a sick, sick world out there. Too many Christian grown-ups are fat and lazy, and they're too lazy to fast and make a difference. Meanwhile, yeah, that, that was hilarious. Meanwhile, she's, she's like a, 200 yeah. pounds overweight. Yeah. This lady she's is like, huge. She, she's built like a Mack truck, and she's over here fucking talking about people are lazy and fat. Lazy Christians. Lazy Christians. And they're, not, they're not fasting. Yeah. Like you've fasted ever one she, time this mother- in your entire lifespan. This motherfucker's <laughs> got like a year's worth of fasting on her body. Like she could fast for like a year and be good. Um, so then she gets to the point after her little, you know, dissertation on the state of the world and she starts speaking in Which tongues. Which that's also stupid too because I I always find that argument to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this whole the world is fucked up and it's terrible and especially to say this shit to kids. Like really? Like kids don't need to be hearing oh, that. Oh, the whole modus young of an age. The whole modus operandi and, of this documentary is indoctrinating children. I mean, that is the also, theme. And also it's way it's a lot better than it used to be. I mean, things are better than they have been in the past. If you think they're worse, you're fucking dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> I've I have gone on I have gone on rants about this so many times of these like these these people, these delusional people out there who want to cling to this notion for some reason. I don't know why it's so important to them. They, they, they want to cling to this notion that the world is getting worse and worse and worse. And it's just, it's not, dude. It's not. The thing is, is there's so much ego in that statement to think that in your lifetime, the world is going to end or in your yeah. lifetime. We are living, we, we are living now in the end times. You know, you hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, We're living in the end times. You know? There were books that came out in the 70s, you know, trying to say it's the end times, uh, all these different dates that come and go and nothing ever happens. And it's very selfish. And it also goes against the Bible because the Bible says explicitly, you won't know the time that any of this ever happens. It'll come like a thief in the night. So if you are believing in the Bible so much that you're pledging allegiance to it, why are you not? really showing as much respect or necessary or, or not, maybe not respect, but why do you not understand it? Why, why are you not processing the entire thing? Well, because it's always this like open to interpretation thing. It's always this like, you know, whatever pastor or whatever church they have their interpretation on it. And the congregation are like a bunch of sheep. And yeah. I'm not necessarily using that in a negative context against the people, but I'm saying they're sheep in the sense of they've decided that they're putting power in this man and rarely woman, um, because uh-huh. in these kind of congregations, it's a male-driven thing, that um, we are going to follow this particular pastor and uh, follow what uh, what what his interpretation of these Bible verses mean. And that's where you get a lot of these more liberal, more um, very accepting of homosexuals in their church and all that, because they interpret the Bible in their own way, and you get all these different derivations. Uh, but ev- evangelicals... Ew, deviations. Uh, e- evangelicals are not yeah. uh, not that way. They, they, are, they are pretty, you know... They're hardcore. Hardcore with it. So yeah. anyway, going back to this documentary, this lady starts speaking in tongues in front of these kids, and she's encouraging. Always, that's just 
You know, Weird. she's encouraging the kids to speak in tongues, and then it shows and they do. Yeah, and it's really, really eerie. It's cringe-inducing. It's the first cringe of the movie. It's only ten minutes in, and you got your first cringe of the documentary already. When well, she's- you already had the cringe earlier with the kids doing that lame-ass interpretive dance, but then then you have this on top of it, and then the, and then it's just really hard to watch at times. Uh, because of the whole thing where you have the indoctrination stuff with the kids praying and saying, I, I, I'm going to be trained. I will be trained by you. I, you know, I'm, train me, God, train me. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> and it's like, God isn't really the one that's training these kids. It's batshit Becky and her uh, ilk. It's adults, it's it's, it's really adults the... with agendas. That's who are training really? the kids. And, and, it's, and clearly they have agendas because they're talking about how... The kids are going to be the ones that'll grow up and change the world. You know, bring the Christian belief, the evangelical beliefs into politics and make everything better and whatever and so forth. They're the chosen ones. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, separation of church, separation of church and state be damned. You know, it's a fucking power trip. That's what it is. So it shows and if anything that goes against other like major commandments, pride. Is that one of the main fucking commandments? <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, it's it, it's it's one and of the, the speaking of tongues thing. I I remember seeing that in person and and multiple times, and I it, it just, I mean, it sounds like they're possessed or something. Like it's not even. It sounds like the type of stuff that somebody would do if they're mentally ill. It's the strangest shit. And then the people in the see the shots of the kids on the ground writhing around and everything it's like what is going on here like i'm wondering what the psychological effect this type of indoctrination and uh the widespread belief in in religion and and organized religion and stuff like that has on, on people i mean i really do feel that organized religion is just another term for cult yeah, well, I mean, I'm a living example of of you know someone who was indoctrinated, and if you if you don't have any issues, I mean, I I want to make this clear. If if your your church group is great and accepting and wonderful, that's one thing. I mean, not every bit every form of organized religion is like this. Is cultish? Is indoctrinating people? Some are more open, and some aren't near aren't as bad. And I want to make that explicitly clear so i don't have anybody trying to assume that i think otherwise i really do feel that there are instances of churches and church groups and church camps that are not in the same boat as this camp is i just i just feel like with those with those kind of like establishments like like even the most like because i'm seeing a bunch of these cool churches quote unquote pop up now where like the the pastor is like in his late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, they can still be judgmental. I mean, they're still right. Well, where... the whole thing is built upon being judgmental because it's like you were like the whole foundation is we are different. We are separate from the world, from mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know, sinners or people of the world. We are separate from them. So they're going out into society with this chip on their shoulder that they are elevated in some way. It's like a Scientologist going out to the uh, the WOGs, which is that's their their slang term for people who aren't Scientologists. They go out into yeah, the... Yeah, there's out not the, really that much of a difference when you think about it between Scientologists. No, there's not. There's not. I mean, like, and the Scientologists, 
they they know and you know these scientologists they know they know the answer they know and the other people don't know and they have to help and they throw around these kind of you know these kind of grandiose yeah. terminologies and it's to me so, there's no difference you know with with this yeah. kind of stuff and another thing that's really hard to watch is the kids just to see you know the kids crying and everything you know that's oh, just God. really you feel so bad for the you know, you know kids I don't, you know, I don't really care for kids that much. I love, you know, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to them, but they're not high on my list of like, you know, oh, I'm a kid. Things you want. Yeah, I'm a kid right? person. You know, I love kids. I'm I'm like the opposite of a kid person. But my God, this documentary makes you feel so bad for these little kids because I can see little Joshes in all these kids, like a little scared fucker going to having to go to these churches and these crazy camps and shit because that's what I had to do. And I see myself yeah. in, in this one kid in particular that I'll get to. And I'm just like, man, you could save yourself so much bullshit by just not putting your kid through any of this stuff. You you mm -hmm. can, I mean, there's nothing, there's no rule saying, there's no study saying that you can't raise a decent kid unless he's in some kind of thing like this. Yeah, you know? and for the thing is, I mean, this definitely has to cause some kind of psychological effect, like for some, or trauma. And I know that some kids... They grow up and they're fine, but a part of it's also because they really never really found their own unique identity because they just kept following whatever their parents or their pastors or other people around them were parroting to them. So they never really found themselves truly. They found someone that these other people around them felt that they needed to be. And because they've been around that environment for so long... That's the only thing that they know. Yeah. So it's one of those things where that becomes their identity. And I don't really feel that's truthfully uh, 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 the person's real identity, especially if it is so influenced by someone else. If, if it's something that was started as a young age, it's, it's like the people who grew up to be doctors because their parents basically forced them to be doctors because anything else they tried to do, they were all like, you know, no, no son of mine's going to be this or that or whatever, or, or daughter of mine, you know, in our family, we're doctors and you're going to be a doctor, damn it. Or, or the whole sports thing, you know, I, I play football in high school. You're going to play football, you know, that thing. No, totally. I mean, it's, it's programming you, it's your kid. You can program your kid however you see fit. And that's, and, that, the and that's the problem. And, and the kids don't have any say in that they can't talk back they can't they can't really stop any of that from happening because they at that point in time when and at that age they're so incorrigible and so gullible and so malleable that whatever you tell them and whatever you teach them at that point in time they're going to carry that with them for the rest of their life i'm sure all the people out there listening right now are loving how me and mike two people who are not married with no kids are telling them all about their kids and how they're going to be programmed yeah, I, I know with uh, us know. with zero experience with <laughs> raising kids ourselves i'm sure we come across as very uh legit. I've, I've just i've i've been around I, i've been around therapists and stuff like that so that's that's kind i of feel like it's true i feel i feel from. like it's true what we're saying anyway so let's move along and, with and this not, not everybody programs everybody i want to make that sure i want to make that clear as well some parents are wonderful and fantastic no, I, th I mean i think i think all kids get programmed but you can be programmed uh correctly or in a way that is most um loving and, and caring and and not and open and you know whatever yeah. 
not and not in these kind of lockstep ideological ways. So let's go on here on yeah. this documentary. We'll be we'll we can talk about just this aspect forever. So then they <laughs> they cut back to Becky as she's reviewing the tape of the kids speaking tongues in the auditorium, <laughs> and she's she's quoted as saying, "I can go into a playground of kids that don't know anything about Christianity, lead them to the Lord, in, in a matter of no time at all." And in just moments, I thought that was a kid. I thought that was other girl that could do that, right? Or was it her? No, that was Becky. What a selfish, just a total nut job over here. Yeah, and she goes on to say, uh, and in just moments later, they can be seeing visions and hearing the voice of God because they're so open. <laughs> they're so usable if- in Christianity. Hold back, Mike. Hold back. We got to get through this. <laughs> if you look at the world's population, one third of that, 6.7 billion people, are children under the age of 15. Where should we be putting our efforts? Where should we be putting our focus? I'll tell you where our enemies are putting it. They're putting it on the kids. They're going into the schools. You can go to Palestine. I can take you on some websites that will shake you to the core. They have camps like we have church camps, and they're teaching them how to put on bomb belts. They're teaching them how to use machine guns. With that kind of training and dedication, there's no wonder those kids are willing to lay down their lives for Allah. And then she goes on to say how she wishes our kids had that level of dedication. Uh yeah, yeah, she also says that she feels that they should sacrifice their lives for Jesus, just like uh, the radical Islam kids do for Islam. Which, again, and, that's that growing up, that wasn't a radical thing to me hearing that, because that we were, that yeah. that was like. But remember, that's ignorance. Do you remember that's the Columbine shooting? Like yeah. the whole rumor that went around back then about the, the girl, the. the D- Dylan Klebold and whatever the other fuckface's yeah. name was, they were going around shooting everyone. And they apparently uh-huh. went up to this girl and they said, are you a Christian? And she said yes. And they blew her head off. Yeah. And they made all this merchandise after the fact. There's a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I do remember there being a movie. Yeah, by Pure Flicks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this whole, like, that she was revered as, like, a martyr at my school. Because it's like, yeah. it's like, she said yes. Would you say yes? That was, like, a big thing on the pulpit. This young lady said yes to Jesus. Would you say yes? What would you do in that situation? And, and it's just, it's just like that. I don't think it would have mattered what she said if she said yes or no. I think if she said, I mean, <laughs> she could have said well, first, nothing, and they it probably probably would have still shot. First her. of all, that's an unsubstantiated story because the people around that girl who uh, supposedly got killed said that that never even went down. So that was apparently yeah. a fabricated story to begin with. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the idea of laying down your life for, for God is one of the, as a Christian, was seen as like one of the best things you could do. Like, Well, for me, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, the, the, the allegory, I mean, the parallels that she tries to make here with uh, Islam and whatever, I mean, it, Islam, it's totally uh, based on pure ignorance because, I, I mean, not every single person in islam is a fucking terrorist i mean i i that's just such a annoying fucking thing to constantly counter i mean it still goes around today you know just a bunch of ignorant people who are uneducated and seem to think that everybody in the middle east or who is islam who believe who is islamic is uh, a terrorist and whatever and is the enemy and it's a simplistic and disrespectful and fucking absurd viewpoint mike you're you're asking these people who essentially don't believe in science to use logic 
I know. I'm just. <laughs> you, you can't blame me. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, 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 I know what you. I, I know what you mean. You know what you mean. Everyone, most people, hopefully listening right now, knows what you mean. But these people, you know, they're sitting here saying. There's a quote here that I wrote down where they go. Um, Science doesn't prove anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's from Mullet Kid's mom. Yeah. Mullet Kid's mom goes in and says science doesn't prove anything. Yeah, right. And that 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 is there. That is a dude. That's America, man. We have so many. There's so many people who feel that way. You know that that well, God is the ultimate. You know, scientist or whatever, like the man, ultimate answer. Yeah. Man's man's scientific quote unquote scientific ways. You know, or not God's ways, and this, that, and the other. Anyway, going going on here, it cuts to Becky approaching these two kids in a hallway. Kids in the hall, um, and then uh, get it, the show. Anyway, um, one of the kids we go on to learn is a kid named Levi, who is kind of like another main character in this documentary. Mullet boy, yeah, mullet boy, if you will. <laughs> kind of looks like the lead singer of Live in the '90s, like that band. He's got a horrible mullet though it's just stringy it's, it's not even a mullet it's almost like a rat tail like what would be yeah. you would call a rat tail yeah it's it's um you know whatever man do your thing but his mom his mom is something else she approaches these kids and she's like how long have you hey hey guys i just want to you know she's real affable to children you know because that's her mo and she's like well that's becky right right you're, you're going back to becky yeah but, i mean i just wanted to mention the stuff with his mom again real quick because there's a couple of things well you're jumping ahead i'm gonna get i'm gonna get, i'm gonna get to that uh, trust me i'm gonna get to that really soon you know oh, okay. I'm, I'm just kind of going in sequence here so we don't get too off um all right she's okay. talking to the kids and she goes how long have you been a christian and levi says since five and she goes since five wow and then he goes i just wanted something more out of life cat sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny because that's i mean that totally applies to this situation too it's like <laughs> stop stop with the craziness but this kid levi saying he was saved or he was born again which is the term you know being saved yeah. born again they're interchangeable terms they mean that you proclaim that jesus christ died on the cross for our sins blah blah blah. you know you're you know whatever and you're saved now at that point or you know so it, so the story goes so he's sitting here saying he's been saved since five because he was looking he was wanting something more out of life at five do you mean yeah. to tell me that that kid came to that conclusion himself fuck no he did not that was a programmed learned statement that his mother who we will meet in just a second put in his fucking head so he's saying he he got saved at five because he was looking for something more now i had a cousin who said that he got saved when he was four growing up <laughs> now it's like dude you gotta okay even if you are to believe the bible and, and the salvation and all that stuff to me for it to really be a real thing in your life you got to go through some bullshit first a little bit you got to go through being an adult and seeing some fucked up shit seeing you know, friends die of, of doing stupid decisions, of, of living in the flesh, as it were. You know, you got to go through loss and depression and feeling empty. And then when you finally come to, like, a church and you hear about the word of God and maybe you can see, uh, yeah, there does have to be something more to life. I do understand. But at four and five years old, you're saying I want... It's like, dude, you don't even... You haven't even lived life, man. Your memory only goes back like two years at five. You don't even remember most of your life at five years old. Like, what are you talking about? 
And then it, it's, it plasters this statistic on the screen, and it says 43% of evangelical Christians become born again before age 13. Which, it, the, the point that I feel like they're making with that is basically saying that these kids don't really, they don't really know what they're signing up for. They're just kind of doing it because that's what, you know, that's what the, they're being pressured into, into doing. I mean, for me personally, when I grew up, you know, in the Christian church, Southern Baptist church and all that, like, I remember everybody was getting saved around me. My parents were quote unquote saved. My brother was saved, this, that, and the other. And I felt like everybody was doing it and I was this outcast and I wasn't in the club. So I remember just like almost in the backseat of my car, like almost forcing myself to get emotional one night. Like I was in the backseat of the car. We were coming back from church and I like, I was like, come on, Josh, get, you know, you know, like, because the whole thing with being saved is you, you're supposed to feel convicted by the Holy Spirit before you get saved. If you're not convicted by the Holy Spirit, then you can't just, I mean, you can, I guess, but like, you know, I was taught that you can't just ask to be saved. You have to feel that conviction. You have to hear the Holy Spirit knocking at your door. And then, and only then are you ready to be saved. So I just basically forced myself to get emotional in the back of my parents' car, and I started making myself cry. And I was basically getting sad and crying over the fact that everyone's getting saved except me, and I'm going to be left behind, and blah, blah, blah. And my parents were like, oh, he's ready. He's ready. So my dad read me the Roman road of salvation, and, you know, I, I became saved or whatever. And it, again, it was just like I was a young, impressionable kid who didn't know any better. So now we get to... um we get to Levi's house. We're in Levi's house with his mother and all that. And it's showing him watching this, like almost looks like this highly produced video about creationism with like cartoons and, and CGI and like a, a fucking uh, animatronic dinosaur and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, like, like actual like editors and graphic designers, like put time into this. <laughs> like what a waste of their talents. <laughs> but, um, then his um, his mom is like, you know, Levi, come over here or whatever. And it's showing, like, basically, he's he's homeschooled. And it's showing his mom essentially, like, indoctrinating him at the, at the kitchen table and feeding him talking points to anyone who might argue against his Christian beliefs. And, I mean, let's face it, to a certain extent, his Republican beliefs. Because she's sitting there at the, the table going, global warming isn't real, evolution isn't real, and then my favorite phrase, science doesn't prove anything. And she's giving him talking points to anything that anybody says, like she's giving him a scenario. Oh, well, I think your Christian faith is is made up. And then like he's already like, bam, like snap of the fingers. He's got a response. Which is like, you know, she's like global warming isn't a thing. It's not. And I'm like, it is. Lady, it is. Especially now. Like, I, I think we can safely say that climate change is real. Maybe in 2006, it might have been a little bit of a question mark. But now, there's no question Why about is it. it politicized? Why is global yeah. warming politicized? Why is it I don't it get a, that either. I don't get why, if you believe in climate change, you are a... Did it have to do with uh, Al Gore? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I'm, I bet he, he probably had a lot to do with it since his Inconvenient Truth movie or whatever. But, I mean, you know, it's like, come on, people. Like... E okay, like even if even if climate change, you know, whatever. I mean, the Bible still says be a good steward of the earth. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
So the 75, there's another, there's a, a stat that I thought was pretty telling. The 75% of homeschool kids in the U.S. are evangelical Christians. Yeah, you know, because a lot of parents pull their kids out of school because they don't want the secular teachings. And she's all, I'm going to do a better job. Like, And all she's doing is, is honestly doing worse in terms of teaching this kid because she's just making him parrot things. Yeah. And just memorize stuff and not really truly learning anything. And he's not really setting him up, you know, and then you have, he's learning from this book, the science book, which is just, just absurd. Which, you know, you know, when I was taken out of school to be homeschooled, it was uh, Christian books, Christian text, Christian, Christian textbooks. Yeah. So Christian uh, uh, evolution for uh what is it? What was the name of that book? I forgot the name of the book, but it was some kind of, it was just, it was... It was uh, evolution. No, it's for there's Christians no evolution. It's creationism. There is creationism. no there is no evolution in Christianity. It's creation. God created all this. There was although there's fucking talking dinosaurs in in the in the video that the kids watching. Uh, I like it. I like that the mom also is lying to him. Like she's she's trying to act. The other thing she's doing is she's misleading her kid by feeding this information information to him that's completely incorrect. Like for instance. Not just the whole global warming isn't a thing or science doesn't prove anything, but the Galileo, he gave up science for Christ. And like, no, he didn't. He gave up science because he was forced to by the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that, that's quite different than her take on it. Okay, that's what happened. He did not just willingly give up science just for just for Jesus. That's, that's not what happened. Okay. Also... I, one thing I also wanted to mention is that these evangelical Christians in this are saying, like, oh, the worst times ever. And I'm like, this is so ironic to me because arguably even worse times were when the Christian church had more power. The uh, Inquisition, uh, during the Crusades, that's a time period where a lot of people gave their lives for God. And it's just one of those, it's so ironic. It's like, and and any time I try to talk, that I've ever tried to talk to a pastor and try to be like, you know, about the past, you know, about the Inquisition, about the Crusades, and how, you know, how is this really, I mean, Christianity seems to me, from my research, to be built on a lot of blood <laughs> of other people <laughs> and death, <laughs> And I mean, not only do you have the death of, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, but then you have all these other deaths that have happened in the name of God and then in the name of Christianity. And I, I just, I, for me personally, I don't think that this religion would have spread as far as it did without tyrants like Charlemagne or uh, the new Roman emperor at the time, I think it was Constantine, adopting it. Yeah, and then forceful, forcefully spreading it across uh, the globe. I mean, how do you take control? Whole, how do you take? You be a Christian or die. Yeah, like <laughs> how do you take control of a bunch of people who are impoverished and they see that the empire has all the wealth and they have nothing? How do you? How do you mentally mentally take control of those people? You tell them that well, lot, that if yeah. that there's this thing in the sky that. Uh, if if you are if you don't cross us or question us, then you will go to this great place when you die. Which they were dying all the time back then. They were dying at very young ages. Someone could have coughed 
in the village and everyone dies, you know? I mean, so death was a, a much more real thing to them back then than it is now. So people were probably clamoring for some kind of answer. What happens? You know, I just saw my neighbor croaked and he's just like there and he rotted away. I don't want that to happen to me. You know, there's got to be something else. So I feel like that's really where the, you know, the mind control aspect of it, it became a very useful tool for political gain and, and wealth. Well, I mean, not also, I have to clarify that I mean, Christianity especially was actually around before the Romans adopted and before some of the things, some stuff like that. So oh, yeah. there were, it was a religion of the, of the, 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 the poor, uh, less privileged people who were trying to create something that would help them, uh, feel like there's a reason for them to keep on living and, and like something to look forward to, you know, when they do die it's been manipulated goal, though it's you know. by the leaders no, have, it's, it's have, been manipulated for sure yeah the leaders have used it to their advantage you know but anyway so this documentary goes on and they they cut to this guy who i call the voice of reason in this documentary he's this radio host and his name's mike Papantonio. Uh, yeah, he was actually in the beginning, I think. Yeah, he was in the well. beginning, and they cut to him again, and he's in this radio studio. He's, he hosts this show called Ring of Fire or something like that, and um, he, he's the log he's pretty much the logical counterpoint to all the evangelical Christians that they are showing. And he's Christian, but he just isn't on the extreme side of the evangelicals that are featured in this documentary. He is somebody who I would consider... I would consider him probably a, a spiritual kind of person, but any true Christian would look at this guy and go, "Yeah, this guy's not a real Christian." Like, I don't know. I, I, I I'm not. I'm not really gonna go there. He, but, you know, he's not. This dude. The stuff he says is like a, a real. From my, from my, the people I was surrounded with there growing you go. up. That's what I should say. <laughs> the people I was surrounded yeah. with growing up, they would, they would see this guy as a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is. A sub- I could see that. This is I a subversive, you know, liberal trying to get his liberal points through and he's, you know, he's acting like he sympathizes with us but he doesn't, you know. Anyway, so this guy I call him Mr. Voice of Reason. So then it cuts to um the kids bowling. Yeah. And it shows this little girl. This is such a cringe not more cringe. Yeah, this is cringe central over here. I- this random girl she goes around and uh, she goes to this random girl and is basically witnessing to her, going up to her and saying, would you uh, accept uh, a, a Jesus into your life? You know, uh, no, no. She says it creepier than that. She goes, I, I uh, feel I feel like uh, God told me to come over here and, and, and Jesus just wants you and he wants to love on you. And, and, and yeah, 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 that's what she says. She yeah, says, I remember ew. she goes, Jesus wants to love on you. Ew. Dude, this is getting kind of steamy. And the, and the <laughs> lady she went up to was not bad looking either. I, I wouldn't mind no. loving on her either. That was misogynistic. Maybe, maybe she made an assumption. Maybe she was sent over there because her uh, counselor or <laughs> pastor or whatever thought that she was a, a hooker or something and then like go over there oh know? i thought you were gonna go like in another direction with that like the counselor was like hey that girl needs some uh some jesus or maybe some uh some deacon donnie a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of deacon donnie in her life to show her the lord's light uh private session that is and you know i joke but that scenario... There are some guys like that. That scenario sure. I just named off happens all the time in the church. There's these creepy 
uh, parishioners and pastors and all these people, and they just use their power to fuck women and you know, uh, uh, or sometimes like little kids, and it's you know, it's, yeah. it's dark, you know. Like what happened with uh, the Catholic Church and and in uh, Boston? Oh, the I mean, even that the even film, uh, even spotlight covered. Even taking the Catholic Church out of the situation in Baptist churches, even yeah. in my school. In my fucking school, Bob Gray, the old uh, pastor for Trinity, uh, molested a bunch of kids. It came out that he molested a bunch of kids. One lady came that forward. That must have been really Oh, man. Tough. It was, dude, I brought it up in Bible <laughs> class. I was like, because uh, our, our Bible teacher, because in my school, uh-huh. Bible was a class. You had seven classes. Bible was, being, was one of the classes. Oh, what a boring-ass class that oh, had to be. Oh, boy, was it. And I'm in Bible class. <laughs> I mean, you'd rather be in college. <laughs> and the guy that they hired to teach the class was the groundskeeper before he was the teacher. Like, he was the, <laughs> the maintenance imagine, guy. I'm just imagining if it's groundskeeper, Willie. No, he was, this, he, was this, <laughs> he was this fat fuck good old boy who hated anybody who was not a redneck football player. His name was T- Mr. Yerby. Which I feel like Yerby <laughs> is a great name for a fat guy, just a tub of Yerby. Well, that's yeah, Yerby. Yerby, just go- yogurt. Like, that's just... But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah Rhymes I, with Furby. I call, Furbies I, are fat. I called him out on uh, on it one time, because like, he was getting on to me about some menial thing. I'm like, how are you going to tell me how, how to be in this class when the president of this of this academy was doing that with little kids? And then like there was this silence in the room, and he's like, Really? Really, Josh? You're going to go there? Because we can go there. I know a lot of stuff you don't know, and we could go there if you want to. I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, well, I'm not going to go there. That's inappropriate. So you need to stop. Ta- you need to be quiet, and you need to blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, so I mean. Typical. You know, they talk shit, and they're not able to back yeah, it up. They're, yeah. not even able to, they're not even able to follow through. I'm just ripping this mel- this religious melon wide open. Th- th- folks, this is shit I've been holding in, like, uh, the entirety you of- You want to go there? I- I'll go there, yeah, but this- I won't. Yeah, yeah. I won't I won't go there. But I won't actually go there and, and give you any of these things that I suppose cuz I think I think his good old boy mentality, he's quick to anger so he's like, "I'll fight you." And then like the political side of his job came into yeah. play and he's like, "Wait a second, Yerby, Yerbster, you need to calm yourself down. If you go around making a bunch of statements about Bob Gray, all these kids are going to go tell their parents and I'm going to cause a flap, which is another Scientology term for bad PR, causing a flap." But uh, another cringy, uh, a cr- another cringy moment in that bowling scene. The girl was literally like, she took the bowling ball and she had it at the the uh, beginning of the alley. And before she threw it, she was like, "Jesus, you're you're the you're Lord, and you're you can make anything happen. Please, please let me get a strike. Please let me get a strike." Yeah, that's one. Pr- that's a that's a big problem with a lot of this stuff. Um, is the kids are always just being like, oh, you know, always like. Oh God, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, just praying constantly all the time. And then the one, the one, I think, I think Tori is interviewed later at pretty soon after the bowling scene. She's the girl who dances. Yeah. And this is really sad. She, she's, she says she feels guilty for dancing because she feels like she might not be doing it for the Lord, but for the flesh. And she's 10 years old. And I, I just, this is just absolutely despicable to me that some 10-year-old girl is feeling guilty for dancing. 
I'm not gonna. What I'm not gonna lie. Footloose. In, in all the in all in full <laughs> disclosure, there have been quite a few times, and I'm not even bullshitting right now. There have been quite a few times where I was really constipated on the on the John, and I prayed to God that He would please let me like pass the stool because <laughs> I was in so much pain, and I was legit. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. But the thing is, like, I mean. It's just you're always you're doing everything for the Lord. Like that's the thing. Like oh, uh, you know, you 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 when you go grocery shopping, you're you're shopping for the Lord. The amount of like you, uh, you, the amount of, uh, the amount of focus and concentration that it would take to live a life like that, where you're constantly having to focus on is this godly? Is this of the world? Is this sinful? Is this of the flesh? Am I honoring God? And it's like oh my God, how do these people? How do these people like live like that without developing? Especially for kids. Oh like, yeah, I mean, yeah. especially for kids. You're just you're just uh, building them up to be fucking neurotic, like OCD wrecks. nightmares. You like, and there's a whole division of OCD called ROCD, religious obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's a whole like psychological, you know, like branch of obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so then it cuts to the girl named Tori that you're talking about, and she's listening to Christian heavy metal, and she says that's her favorite genre. <laughs> and uh, that, she, that's I, I love how that's she, pretty funny. I love how she's saying, like, it, this documentary is brilliant and how, like, slightly subversive it is, because, like, the, the footage they, cho they choose to show kind of shows you, like, the cracks about how the kids are probably, you yeah. know, they might turn away from it when they get older, because she's talking, she's like, yeah, sometimes all the all the songs don't talk about God or even mention God, but I still really like it. And she and then, she, <laughs> then she's like, it's showing her, and she's like literally like break dancing to like this Christian yeah. heavy metal. And I'm like, uh, girl, I don't, I don't think you got it right there, honey. I, I it's supposed to break dance. To I don't metal. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to be doing the windmill to uh, like like Slayer, you know, like the Christian version of Slayer. <laughs> raining blood yeah like those two don't really <laughs> compute um they're just you just put raining blood in the background yeah uh or, of the whole uh interpretive dance sequence or more more fittingly god hates us all by slayer <laughs> um so yeah she's but we're bad yeah well whatever <laughs> this is gonna be a good episode i feel like yeah like i'm already it's already an almost an hour <laughs> in and it feels like it's been 10 minutes like unlike sometimes <laughs> where it feels like two hours and only 20 minutes yeah gone by. yeah she also talks about how she i don't like the modern uh the 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 popular Britney Spears uh, and singers uh, like Britney bands. Spears or Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. That, that show, yeah. That kind of dates the movie a little bit. Lindsay, cause Lindsay Lohan was popular for, from like 2004 to 2007. She had like a very small window of time that she was popular before she became a complete drugged out mess. But she's like, yeah, they talk about boys and girls a lot in their songs. And I just don't agree with that. And it's like, you, you don't agree with being able to talk about boys and girls. <laughs> um, Okay. You're going to have a rough time, like, um, d discerning genders when you get older, I guess, <laughs> if you don't believe in being able to talk. Okay, whatever. That's your beliefs. Four-year-old or eight-year-old, however fucking young you are. And so then at that point, Tori is called. She's 10. Whatever. At that point, she's called into the <laughs> uh, the dinner table, I guess, to eat or whatever. And then the mom's like, stand up. Every, uh, Billy, stand up. And they're all standing up at attention like the little s slaves they are. And oh, they, yeah, they pledge the, allegiance, the allegiance to the Christian flag. 
and to the Bible. Now, if there wasn't a scene so that didn't bad. remind me of going to of growing up in a pro, a Christian school, you more, did that. Oh yeah, bro. I know that. I, wow. I know both of those pledges. The, the, so the Christian, we got up in chapel. We had three pledges we had to do. We had to do the Pledge of Allegiance, the Pledge to the Christian Flag. And you just make it more complicated for no reason. Like, it isn't, isn't in the allegiance, isn't God on one nation, under God. That's not good enough, dude. We need our own flag, too. Because the, the Christian flag, <laughs> it's the white flag with the blue square and the red cross. It looks terrible. Well, it looks cheap and lazy. Well, well, I mean, you know, symbolism is supposed to be basic. I mean, look at the swastika. One could say that's lazy, but it's a very effective symbol because everybody recognizes. Yeah, it seems like there was thought put into in terms of color scheming and stuff like that. This is just uh, a a white flag. I mean, it is kind of copying the American flag, you know, and and then a uh, red cross. That's it. Yeah, dude. For me, it could just it could be a red cross fucking flag, you know. For the Red Cross. Yeah. And for anybody, like, curious, um, uh, I, and this is just me going off the top of my head, uh, the Christian flag is, I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for which kingdom it stands. One nation united all mankind in service and in love. And then the pledge allegiance to the Bible was, and this is, dude, this is like from having to do it a million times in my school. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'll hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Like, like I haven't recited that in years, but when I heard these kids do it on this documentary, I started mouthing it along with them. Like they activated Uh some kind of programming in my brain and I'm like, what? I thought I did not know. I still knew this shit. What the fuck? So, um, My parents signed off on all this. My mom and the dad. The Lord is calling you, Josh Cannon. Dude, my mom and dad went to the open house at Trinity, saw all this shit, and went, uh-huh, this looks about right. We're going to send our kid here. What? Mom, dad, why? God knows. I mean, the it's a sign. It's a sign from God, and, Josh. And the only reason I back. went there, Mike, was the pizza every Friday. They had Papa John's. I shit you not. That's the only reason I wanted to go to Trinity. And I made some I made some decent friends there. All that They probably did that on purpose. You know, they were probably all like, "Come on, kids. We got pizza." Well, for little fat fucks like me, that was the perfect <laughs> trap because the skinny kids didn't, you know, they were eating because they were hungry. I ate because it gave me pleasure. And they had me they had me on that one. <laughs> they knew one. it. Yeah, they, for, they knew that. for the skinny kids, they had the jungle gyms and all that shit. For me, it was the pizza and the little debbies. That's what they yeah. had. So, um in 2001, um, we go back to sounds our, more like Satan's at work <laughs> in 2001 manipulating things and stuff like that yeah well there there was a lot of that mental manipulation for sure um, in 2001 Becky Fisher started the kids on fire camp in Devil's Lake North Dakota that name that name and the place it's taking place in it's uh, you can't make that no up. you can't I mean it's that's kids on fire summer camp <laughs> In Devil's Lake, North Dakota. What the fuck does kids on fire mean? Like, if you're like I mean, obviously I'm on fire for Jesus, but I mean, Jesus, the, 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 I still don't, I never got that term. I mean, the only time I thought that term worked is like, if you're playing basketball or something and you're just, you can't miss a shot, you're on fire, you know? But even then it was still like, well, that's still kind of. I still, it's it's still kind of strange. Well, I mean, think about like, a fire. Nobody's Mike. really on fire. Think about a fire. A, a fire rages and it consumes all around it, and it forces its its will upon anything 
that it well, yeah. is uh, willing to accept it. And that's pretty much what uh, evangelical Christians do. Yeah, I guess that's actually a good good way to explain it. I've just they're not like lighting kids on fire. Oh, the, literally uh, kids on fire summer camp. I, I know that's a, for some reason that's a hilarious <laughs> sentence to me. <laughs> so bad. I know, but it's it's funny though. Dark sense of humor here. At Devil's Lake. So they choose they choose that on purpose. We're gonna have it at Devil's Lake. That you know because we're gonna you know take it away from the devil the irony could not have been lost on becky fisher i'm sure she had to have seen that coming anyway it shows that the it shows becky and a few of oh, her God. cohorts in the <laughs> the the temple the the barn the chapel, the chapel whatever that it's like a bar a nice it, bar it's just was, a brawn it, 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 brawn it's just a bar it was a it's a nice barn that was converted into a, a chapel whatever and they're they are literally praying over everything more cringe they are pr- piles and piles of cringe here. Where they're praying over the the they're pr- the pulpit. They're praying over they're the praying the, the electricity. They're praying over the light <laughs> switches. They're praying. O- they pray over the PowerPoint presentation. They're praying over the pews. They're praying over the fucking Windows ninety five computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pray praying, hoping that 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 uh, Duke Nukem three D will run on their Windows ninety five. <laughs> praying that that she's praying. She's like. She's like, and please don't let this presentation get messed up because we know the devil loves to ruin uh, these presentations. That's his favorite time. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, anytime technology fucks up, it's it's the devil that that is responsible, which that's hilarious. That is the only statement in this documentary that I that I do actually agree with. I think Satan is responsible for whenever my <laughs> my computer just shits the bed at, at too yeah. convenient of times sometimes where I'm like it's the devil the devil <laughs> is is making my karaoke program not start up correctly <laughs> so that's such an absurd thing it's so silly it's hilarious though to watch it just shows you how extreme they are like they they they, they and I love that the documentary the documentary some people might accuse it of being biased but it's just showing things as they are, really. Right. It's I mean, just, it's, that's just how it is. It, it, I mean, I mean it, it's, there is there is definitely a, a slant in the bio in, in the yeah. But I mean, the slant is only by adding in the radio guy. All the other yeah. shit, they're just putting that. They're just turning the camera on and letting these people dig their own graves and make themselves look ridiculous, like this Becky Fisher lady. You know, like yeah, bad shit, Becky. You know, yeah. you know, with with how intelligent this woman is. And how how um, con- remember she was trying to sell evangelical books to kids, <laughs> Why, With how like like focused and intelligent this woman is, you know she's putting on a little bit for the camera. Yeah, she probably is. Like she- also at the same time, she when she talks to the kids, she's also doing it like a teacher would. You know, yeah, but a, 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 a teacher, but with a very manipulative, almost grooming direction. A fortunate, yeah. fortunately for these kids, she's not grooming them sexually like a lot of other fucked up adults. <laughs> but she yeah. is grooming them for, you know, a, in a, a another way that is religiously dangerous in its own right. If these kids religious, you know, religious grooming, right? Um, but then they do this fucking rap song. And it's like, this, it really, it is. It's piles on top of more piles of cringe. Like, you think the cringe is over with them praying over everything? Here comes the, we're kicking it for who? JC! Jesus! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Reminds me of that Kirk Franklin song, Stomp, from the 90s. Makes me wanna stomp 
Like <laughs> that song was uh, that song like, was actually like kicking it. What's next? We're, like, we're getting jiggy with Christ. Getting jiggy <laughs> we're with getting Jesus. Getting jiggy with JC. Yeah. Kick. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's just that typical. This like, is 2006. Kicking it was that. That's. Too- Look, Christian, joke, Christian, like organi- old school. Christian organizations you know. get all the technology like 10 years after this, like the world. What, what a Jamie Kennedy. Was he the one that was behind this fucking thing? Because <laughs> he did kick it at old school. You know, what's funny is um, I actually went to a Bible camp when I was when I was young. Like uh, our, mm. our church had a Bible camp thing. It, did it have a funny name like Kids on Fire? No, I, it did. I, I don't even remember the name. I, it was, you know, it was it was camp, but it, it was youth camp, but it was, you know, through our church. And, you know, I got to say, I, I, for the most part, enjoyed it. But the only reason I enjoyed it was all the shit that had nothing to do with the God, like all the preachy, churchy shit. I was like, man, this would be so much more awesome if they didn't have any of this and it was yeah. just the camp aspects itself. Yeah, you you know, hanging out with other kids and doing all that other stuff. And you know, I was doing all the I was a very and... like shy person growing up and I it was uh-huh. hard for me to make friends and like I just remember like there was a girls bunk or camp or building across from the guys building. I remember we had like this big balloon fight and the only thing I could think of like was I want to kiss one of these girls so bad. Like I, I, I was so attracted. Like I was so girl crazy. Puberty love. <laughs> I don't even know if I had hit puberty at that point. I was like, I've always been like girl crazy. And I was just like the chicks were the main reason I, I wanted to be there. I was like, <laughs> I could not talk to them to save my life. But I was just like, man, I just, you know, there's chicks yeah. here. And so I want to be here. <laughs> and, you know, we did other things yeah. that were pretty fun and whatever. The food was decent. The food is always a big thing for me wherever I go, whatever I'm doing. But yeah, that's yeah. why it was fun. All that other shit was just like, whatever I could do without. It would have been more fun without it. So, but yeah, they did. The, it was like rehearsed almost like this whole doing the rap for Jesus. It was, it was, it was just as yeah. awful. So as then they get to, um, to be. Becky Fisher is getting, oh, wow. she's giving like the opening sermon, I guess. And she's talking about how sin is designated, is designed to destroy you. And she's yeah. like, I can tell, uh, you know, she's, she's like, it will consume your life. And it's like, wow, way to be a fucking buzzkill on the first day of camp. You're already like coming out that you're opening. Everyone, every counselor and, and pastor here is buzz is, is a buzzkill. Yeah, for, for sure. It's a bunch of buzzkills. Um, and she later on, I love this. This is, this is one of my, the, the funniest quotes in the entire documentary. She's all like, warlocks are enemies of God. Yeah, you t- Harry you, you, Potter <laughs> would have been put to death. <laughs> yeah, she starts attacking Harry Potter. Yeah, which like, at that t- I can tell you this too from my my upbringing in the Christian uh, uh, church and school. I can tell you at that time, Harry Potter was a really big controversy in the Christian church. The whole thing was, yeah, essentially this is promoting magic, and if magic is not of the Lord, and Lord of the Rings and uh, Chronicles of Narnia didn't. I no. guess they're acceptable. In fact, we because... read we read the Chronicles of Narnia. You know why? Because the Chronicles of Narnia had a Christian, uh, a very slight Christian, like overarching theme. It still has magic in it. Yeah, but like Aslan was, or Aslam or whatever was was it was pretty much God. And it had these yeah. very Christian overtones. So we actually read 
the Chronicles of Narnia. In, in and I school. guess there are also par- elements of that in Lord of the Rings, because I think Jared Lord Tolkien... of the Rings was never brought up, but Harry Potter was very specifically... Like, I remember me and my mom going to see the first Harry Potter. This is one thing I'll say about my mom. Yes, she did raise me and all this bullshit, but she was always very open-minded. She never even wanted to admit to how open-minded she was. She was almost afraid to be like, yeah, I honestly don't see a problem with Harry Potter. I don't see a problem. My mom took me to see Fahrenheit 9-11 by Michael Moore in theaters when it came out, you know, which is, you know, Michael Moore is like the like poster child for like liberal you know the liberal agenda she took me to see that yeah. movie she took me to see mm-hmm. the first harry potter movie so my mom was always very open to a lot of different well, things I remember i remember some stuff about harry potter too like one of my uh aunts she you know was all talking about harry potter and whatever and then and because i guess i brought my harry potter book with me one time and uh, when i was a kid and because I used to, I, I I would read a lot, and I I read up to the, I I mean I read the first four, three or four novels quite a bit. I haven't read them in a long time, but I didn't actually read the whole series. I just kind of grew out of it at, at at a point. Um, but I remember her being like talking about how it's not of God or whatever, and I wasn't really that religious at that time, anything anyway. So I didn't really think that much of it. But years later, now I look back at it, and then I look at her collection. I remember what I saw on her shelf, and I'm like, well, there's Lord of the Rings, and there's uh, Chronicles of Narnia. I guess those were okay, but, you know, with magic and whatever. And Lord of the Rings is arguably worse. <laughs> I've never seen Lord <laughs> of the Rings, surprisingly. I mean, everyone gasps when I say I mean, that. But if you've read Lord of the Rings, like, there's some crazy shit in there. Fucking demon knights is fucking rings. <laughs> so, and ring and these like Grim Reaper guys to steal your soul. So yeah, I don't really see how that or giant killer spiders and shit. So then. Uh, that's okay, but Harry Potter. Becky. Oh no, that's that's the that's the devil's uh, story right there. So it's the devil's tone. Becky with the good hair then goes on in this documentary to say she starts. That shit, Becky. She starts basically calling out all the kids and saying how they're phony. This is fucked. She's up. like, "There's phony kids in the audience who talk dirty at school, just like the other kids, and you're hypocrites." And then it's like showing all the kids' you, eyes. You read Harry Potter. You do this and that. You know. We can't have phonies in the army of God. And I, lo- I love his army. Yeah. And it, like, these fucking kids are soldiers now? Like. So then it, it's, just, it's showing, like, all these the kids' eyes are watering and shit as she's saying definitely. that. She's, like, making everybody. She's, like, making all these kids upset by. And this is what the this yeah. is what the church does to kids. This is the effect of church on little kids. It makes you feel like shit. It makes you feel like you you by yourself without God are worthless. So they take out your self worth. I mean, it's 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 manipulation and mind control one hundred and one. It's the basics of mind control. And of course, all these kids are crying because they've already drank the Kool Aid at this point for them to even be at this church camp. So they are already an open and receptive vessel to take in all this crap about how they're pieces of crap. And then these kids yeah. get up and and they, I guess they're like testifying, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And there's this one kid, this kid who I fucking identify with 110%. He's got a little mushroom looking haircut. He's got a bowl haircut. Uh-huh. He's this little blonde headed boy. And he's, he's, I guess, confessing his transgression. And he's up there saying, it's hard for me to believe in God because you don't see him. He, he you know, sometimes I, I don't believe what the Bible says and it makes me a faker. 
and I kind of rejected him. And then he just oh. like looks up at the ceiling and his like eyes are like watering. And, you know, it's like, man, you can tell this kid wants to believe it so bad. And um, they should. But, you know, he's he, 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 something is coming through where logic is and it is somehow amidst all of this starting to break through. And, and he's like, I, I don't really I How, don't see what, him. I don't, and, I don't and believe that, it. that little spark. That's in his head, that spark of logic. That was what was in my head too at that age. Yeah. I had that spark of this just all seems like bullshit to me. I'm not on board with it, but I didn't have the power and the strength to stand up against all these adults and all my contemporaries and say that, or let alone even want to thank it. You know, and it took mm-hmm. me years to get that strength to be able to do it. And I, I saw that in this kid, and boy, did I feel for this little bastard. Because like, I hope he got out. You know. Yeah, I, 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 I hope. I hope, I, he, I hope he. I hope he did whatever made him happy, whatever made him truly yeah. happy. And if that was realizing that all this wasn't for him and leaving, then great. I'm. I hope that's what happened. If it wasn't, and he just realized he wanted to be involved with the church, that's fine too. I mean, it's his choice. But if it's really what makes him happy, which some people it seems to really make them happy. Yeah. So, you know, good for that yeah, seems like uh Levi, you know, he's a pastor now. Oh so I think that's oh, what wow. made okay. Him happy. So yeah, so Mike's got some updates for us on that. But so then it cuts to like Becky Fisher and she's like basically in the storage room, storage storage room. Well actually before that, these kids are having fun in the in uh in in the bedroom and in, in their rooms telling ghost oh, stories yeah, yeah. in the dark. And then uh, Buzzkill Counselor Buzz comes in. Yeah, Buzzkilling Killington is like, ghost stories are fun, but they don't really honor God, now do they? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? It's fucking Ned Flanders over here. Like, really, you can totally hear, you can totally sound like Ned Flanders. You, can you do a Ned Flanders impression? Uh, not really. Like, <laughs> I don't really believe in ghost stories. Yeah, no, I can't really do a Ned Flanders. Yeah. No, no, but but it's it's he's kind of remind he definitely does remind me of Ned Flanders. And, and, <laughs> I fucking love uh, Ned Flanders. I need Okadokly, Okadokly, Dokadokly, neighborino. Okadokly, neighborino. But yeah, so she's so then it cuts to Becky Fisher and she's in this like I guess like storage supply room or whatever. This is ridiculous. And she's got all these prop yeah, she's got all these dumbass props and she's like she's like this is a sight and sound generation. They learn by demonstration. They learn by visuals. So she's got all these. These, uh, you know, little things that you get out of a gumball machine, like those sticky hands that you can sling. And <laughs> she's got, she's got Barbie dolls. She probably bought at the Goodwill, yeah, dollar store or that, something. Yeah. And she's like demonstrating uh, all this, but then some like weird thing happened to me at this point in the documentary as I'm watching this. Like I'm like looking at Becky and and Mike. You can you'll have to excuse me for a second here, man, because you're not going to be on board with this. But Becky's kind of a BBW. Like she's kind of a big, big, uh, big sexy woman. I was. I don't know if it was like all the time of watching the documentary <laughs> and but like there's just something about like her domineering personality and just like she's just you know like thick I, I was starting to get kind of like turned on by her in some weird way like I, I'm just saying like with all the passion she's got and that domineering person I bet she could throw down in the sack that's all I'm gonna Holy say shit, I'm a, Josh. that's all I'm gonna say is about <laughs> Becky so TMI. So Becky was turning me on, and then 
Then it shows. I don't know how. I, I think you have some uh, deeper rooted whatever sexual frustration you needed to get out. So, then if that's the case, uh, dude, my sexual <laughs> appetite is like the Golden Corral. Okay, it's a buffet <laughs> of many different things that I'm into. And well, I mean, I, I just don't find her personality or her uh, belief system or anything like that attractive enough to even. You know, but that's just me. I think it's she, just look, the kind of person that she displays herself as that I just can't stand. I think so. she's batshit crazy, but there's something about uh, maybe I'm attracted to women. So this podcast just went off the. Yeah, I know it did, folks. but that's okay. There's something about a woman who is um, that uh, I guess in control that that kind of turns me on in a weird way. I guess you're into dom you're gonna you're into dominating. I'm not into the pain then. aspect of it, but if I met a girl who was like really domineering, I don't know, you know, whatever. I'm I'm like I said, you know, sexual buffet. I had to I had to throw something out there to ease all this religious talk, Mike. Um so then it shows like I I call her crazy eyes girl. I think it's Levi's little sister, but it's the same girl who witnessed to the lady in the bowling alley. And she does have like the crazy Jesus eyes going on, you know, like when yeah. you look at her, it's like, oh yeah, she's she has She's also really passionate yeah, she, about it. She's, but doesn't really necessarily know the the whole truth about things, but thinks she does. She's very passionate about, about spitting dead churches. Yeah, she's very passionate about spitting out her parents' talking points. So yeah, she's talking about dead churches. She's like there's so many churches where the people are like, we love God. We love God. And they only sing like three songs. And I call that a dead church. And I don't know. I never know. Like, I've always noticed this about little kids. Why do they got to take like the deepest inhales before like saying any sentence? Like, why? <laughs> why is that? I've noticed that with little kids. Like, is, is there does it take more oxygen for them to formulate sentences than adults like they're always like and my name is josh and i just want to it's like hey man, calm down you're gonna fucking hyperventilate you know but then then we jump to i guess it's her brother levi the little the little christ incarnate here youth pastor kid is he is he wearing his reese's yes uh, he, peanut butter cup t-shirt yeah he's wearing a reese's peanut butter cup shirt but it says jesus instead of reese's and it just so it just really made me want some Reese's pe like Reese's cup in that moment. Yeah, I, I don't want Jesus. I want the Reese's. Yeah, like that's something tangible that will actually make me feel good, <laughs> unlike Jesus that made that I can't see and made me feel like shit for a long time. But anyway, maybe it wasn't Jesus's fault. Maybe it was the people. It's it's know. showing this kid. No, it's Jesus's fault. No, it's show so it's just showing this kid. He's walking around like at this camp. And he's got a Bible and he's gonna preach that night. And in the the seriousness and the gravity of this kid's demeanor in this moment. You could see why he become a pastor later. He's so he, he's, he's so young, he's, but he's so passionate yeah. about it. And it's like you you don't really see that with little kids. Now granted, mm -hmm. I haven't been around little kids in years, nor do I see many kids in my day to day life, nor do I like little kids in particular. But I'm gonna say for his age he seemed uh, emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. So you had something to say, Mike. So he's he's parroting what the parents is his mother was telling him more of the same stuff, and he's also uh, copying the inflection and tone of uh, television evangelists during this particular uh, moment. Um, you know the whole inflection and everything that they you, you know what I'm yeah, talking about, you right? You you you're sitting on the couch, and that's what the devil wants you to do, and and you need to stop doing that. God, God bless it. You need to blah blah. You know he's got the very demonstrative, very you know, 
This the is how it crazy is. The ones that are crazy to me are the ones where they get like really, really loud. Like they just get progressively louder. Oh, dude, the amount of like the amount of like <laughs> fire and brimstone preachers I sat through growing up as a kid, where they're just literally like, you know, <laughs> and you're sitting there, and you're sitting there playing your video games, and you know what? Satan's using that, and you need to get off your butt. You need to go to church. God bless it, because that's the thing. That's the way that Jesus intended. And everyone's just like, amen, amen. <laughs> and like, I've literally seen a preacher get on the pews and walk over the pews, pew by pew, as he's yelling at people, like, that shit insanity. Like, it's like, uh, my, my man, you need to take a Xanax and chill the fuck out. <laughs> they're, they're, wild, wild preacher. Do you think if Jesus came back, he would be acting like that? No, he wouldn't be going around, running around and yelling at people. I think like a result of, of <laughs> being in front of a large crowd, you feel nervousness. You can do a bunch of different things with that nervousness. You can let it overcome you. You can get excited. Um, or I think in some cases like these pastors, you can get really angry and throw that energy back at the audience in that way. And I think that's but what I mean, it is. That energy that they, they throw back at the audience just makes it seem like they're, you know, they're angry at everybody. Like they're not necessarily angry at Satan. They're just angry at everybody in general. It's not, oh, you're not you supposed know? to read they're it. They're angry you're, about being up on, on the pulpit and having to speak to people. You know? You're not supposed to read it as anger. It's supposed to read as extreme passion, as though Jesus but is coming through it doesn't. It doesn't come across as passion. Not to you, it doesn't. Passion. Not to me, it doesn't. But to them <laughs> in the church, it does. So now they're... It's, it is. It's, it's nuts. Now though. they're I in mean, the auditorium in this in this documentary. Yeah, this is, this is nuts right here. And they're smashing coffee mugs that are supposed to be these representations of our corrupt government. Yeah, they're coffee cups, and they have, like, a, a government written on them in Sharpie. It's not even really that, like, detailed or anything. It's just a fucking coffee cup with government written on it. Yeah, and they and even, they like, preface the it. break them with hammers. They, they like, they, pre they preface the whole event by going, Are you guys ready to have some fun? And, you know, they're breaking these mugs. I'm like, that, yeah, that's good. Teach, teach kids that you should destroy things in the name of your God. That's a good, that's a good lesson. Yeah, teach things that you should break the government, literally. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really a... Well, figuratively. A uh, wonderful lesson. Uh, but apparently, you know, the kids have all this uh, structure throughout this camp, but apparently they can go into fucking caves. I, I guess that's okay. <laughs> So then they do this whole... They, 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 I think they were, like, unsupervised, too. Like, they could go unsupervised into fucking caves, and then apparently that's fine, but, you know. I don't remember that cave <laughs> scene for some reason. It must have been when I was taking a piss. But then, yeah. then they do this abortion thing. They have this bald-headed guy come in. No, they did the George W. Bush cutout scene. Oh, yeah, that was so dumb. I didn't even write any notes down for it. They just get... They, but that was, another, that was another cringe moment. Yeah. Where they... One of the pastors brings out a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush. George W. W. The, the, the evildoers. pray Mike. and then worship the cutout. Yeah, she's like, she's it's like, so she's bad. like, say, say hello, Mr. President. And they're all, hello, Mr. President. And it's just like, uh, Beavis, <laughs> that's like a not real person up there. <laughs> like one of those like cardboard things. <laughs> yeah, these kids are stupid. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I would totally watch that episode. Beavis and Butthead is some church camp or some shit. 
Like they're they're dragged over there by their uh, loser friend who wears a winger T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's... Fucking uh, what was his name? Um, it was Stewart. Yeah, it was. I think it was mm-hmm. Stewart. Uh, yeah, like I think they they probably had something like that. But uh, yeah, this would this would be a funny documentary to do the Beavis and Butthead commentary over. Like, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. look at that kid's hair. Looks like a mushroom. Um. <laughs> so then they they bring this bald-headed guy in and uh i don't know why i keep like making light of the fact that he's bald but that was just the most distinguishing feature about he wears him. a shirt a red shirt that says life on it he kind of looks like uh he... scatman john the the guy in the 90s he kind of looks like that guy yeah kind of for a reference point and, and he's 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 preaching and he's saying everyone's life is written by god and i'm like you know that's not really that compelling of an argument what about dictators like mussolini hitler bunch of other people you know what about Merrill not Merrill Manson uh uh fucking uh that Charlie right Charles Manson Charlie Charles Manson Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> it's not that compelling of an argument everyone's life is written by God so God purposely decided to uh write people's lives in ways that end up uh Ending horribly. God felt like he needed <laughs> for to them he, or for other people. God felt like he needed to put a man in power that uh, literally killed millions of his own Jewish people. Uh, God's not making a whole lot of sense according to this. <laughs> if that's the line of no. reasoning, um, and then he does the anti-abortion speech, and he brings out the most inaccurate fetus models in like the most immaculate case you'll ever see. <laughs> it's like a fucking jewelry case or some shit. Like he had that like specially made by some uh guy who spends most of his time and makes a living making custom boxes for shit and charging way too much money for it and and, and it brings up you know this is what a fetus looks like at like six, i forgot the exact uh date but but it's totally incorrect the fetus is not that well developed at the date and then the uh, particular time that he's saying it is and it's just like you're not really making that much of a compelling argument just uh, really not at all and then the kids they put like duct tape on their mouths and so the other uh adults that have life written on them that's i felt like that was like a big thing in the 2000s like how many campaigns did you see where all these celebrities had duct tape over their mouth with something written on it like that was like that was like the new that was like some aesthetic that marketing departments hadn't thought of yet oh we yeah. could take duct tape and put it over people's mouth and write a word uh-huh. on it. Like it, it's like uh, it's like what happened with uh, the uh, fad where you had people would just sit there silently in front of a webcam or a camera and had stuff written on a piece of on note cards and would show the note card one by one. You know, they'd be like, "I've been bullied" or whatever, or and then show explain their life story. But with note cards and sappy music God, in the background. You know, I, I hate to like go here, but I used to be a bully myself. I've been bullied and I used to be a bully, so I've been on both sides of the fence. But all those campaigns where the adults make the kids be like, I've been bullied and do all this kind of shit, you, those kids are going to get bullied so much more for doing that shit. <laughs> they just are, man. I remember like the kids, the kids who basically showed that. If they showed that they were weaker or that they the bullying was affecting them, the bullies just bullied them more. 
it was the yeah it never stopped until i finally snapped and i i started just getting in their face yeah you gotta dude you gotta do that with bullies you gotta get in their fucking face and you gotta you gotta show them that because okay for instance when i was when i was and then after that i just ignored it so then it didn't bother and then they didn't even bother anymore when i was a bully um you know and i was a bully because you're part of the problem josh (laughs) (laughs) i was i was and i was a fucking douche and i am i find my past actions reprehensible but I know the mind of a bully, and bullies are pussies because they're picking on people weaker than them because it makes, you know, it may, they either do it because it makes them feel better or sometimes they just do it because they're bored and they know they can get away yep. with it. They, they, they're not going to the quarterback of the school and bullying them because the quarterback will shove them into a fucking locker, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not picking on people of equal size or greater. They're picking but on... But then when you have the quarterback picking other people then you know that's another issue well yeah that's and that's a lot of times what would happen and and you know um but yeah anyway that has nothing really to do with any of this um so then they cut to the uh i'm sure there's probably still some bullying that happens in church camp they just didn't show yeah absolutely well no dude yeah i was bullied in my church like that's why i hate that's one of the reasons i hated going the kids bullied me i didn't go to i remember the last time i went to a church thing i was bullied when i was a kid and I, i i had a pretty noticeable form of asperger's at that time so you know it was not fun and i never went back again like i that was miserable to me yeah it's not fun at all so um but yeah, and then going back to the abortion thing, they're like, this is what, you know, the baby, you know, it doesn't look like that. I mean, and if, if there was a baby that was born that was that tiny, that would be a miracle all in itself. Like, that would be the, a, the, a first-time event. <laughs> and the baby probably wouldn't live that long. Like, there's premature babies that aren't even that size i don't know why you're so hung up on on the uh little uh model fetuses (laughs) well it's because he's way wrong he's totally wrong i don't know that's why i mean i don't know how big the fucking thing is at any point i mean i to me the abortion thing and he's showing this to kids and he's trying to teach that but that wasn't that that wasn't that exemplary exemplary to me because yeah they're they're conservative christians of course they're gonna harp on that I guess maybe for me, someone who like was steeped in that water, seeing that abortion thing was like, oh yeah, of course, of course they're gonna, you know, th- this is all typical shit that I've well, seen growing I'm not, up. I'm not, I'm, I mean, the abortion thing itself, like the lot, you know, the the pro. I'm not, I'm not surprised with the pro life thing. I'm just saying, like, it's just inaccurate. Well, you inaccurate know. anything. Again, Mike, you're asking these me. people where where they they have people saying science doesn't prove anything here. You're asking them well, use regardless, logic. It's still ignorant, and I'm not gonna make an excuse for oh, it. I'm not, Nobody. I'm should. not making an excuse for it. I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm doing the, I'm pulling the channel awesome thing right now. I'm not, I'm not making excuse for it. I'm just not surprised. Um, I just, um, so let's get to the next point here. Cause I'm unfortunately like time is just fucking dripping away at a very alarming rate. Um, and I'm got to, <laughs> well, there's only a few more things I want to talk about, about the documentary yeah. anyway. So I, I would, uh, isn't this when, um, uh, mullet boy Levi, he goes to the mega church. Yeah. Right? So then it cuts to the new life church, Chicago Springs. It's the biggest evangelical church. Christian tourists come to this church and uh, Levi's there. This is a, a one of those mega churches. I mean, they they even the production bay, which they have a camera inside. I mean, this is like a damn um, like like TV show studio where they would film. Yeah, Price and all right. the money that comes from that church goes straight to charity or goes straight to you know 
the the church or whatever. I highly doubt it. I mean, it's 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 such a scam. It really is. These mega churches and these televangelists. And the sad thing is, they're raking it, it, in. Sad thing is, they're raking in cash, and they're and they're and they're def and they're they're able to get away with it because for some reason, the government is basically just giving a free pass. Yeah, you well, know, tax, tax free. free yeah. No taxes. The sad thing is, is like this shit's been going on since the fucking eighties with like the uh, you know the guy who's like God tells me that I I need to build we need to build a hospital. Oral Roberts or whatever. Or I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be taken home. Or he's gonna take me home. T- they build the hospital. He raises millions of dollars. Or he says, I need, I need two million dollars. I need a million dollars. And he gets it. And the hospital's built. And there's a few other things that happen. But ultimately, I think Oral went bankrupt, and the hospital went out of business. So, and he wasn't taken home. <laughs> Yeah, and so then they they get to the pastor Todd Haggard and uh, Ted Haggard. Ted Haggard, and and this guy is like straight out of like a Jim Baker playbook, like with how his his whole well, Jim Baker, that's another yeah, one. his whole like demeanor and his whole like uh, you know kind of chip on his shoulder, making these kind of off color jokes in the pool pit. He seems like a slime ball. Well, he is. Mike's got some information <laughs> on this guy, apparently. Uh, uh, um. Uh... Just like uh, Baker, Jim Baker, you know, uh, he had a secret, you know, had a secret past. But unlike Jim Baker, it wasn't prostitutes. I mean, it wasn't female prostitutes. It was male prostitutes. And what makes this totally ironic and hilarious is that this, in this particular sequence in the documentary, he's preaching about almost against homosexuality. But six months later, in 2006, the same year that this documentary came out, I, I mean. You know, about I would say six months later after the documentary came out in 2006, he was caught having sex with a male prostitute named Mike Jones. No, it's not the rapper. He called him. He called him up and he asked him to bring the meth. (laughs) Really? Yes. Bring the meth. Wow. And then he and Mike masturbated together and then did meth afterwards. It leaves me a little speak spe- speechless. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, if this was just a normal guy, if you want to ma- if you want to jerk off some other guy and do a little meth, that's you know, <laughs> go about your merry way. But uh, being this you know slick slime bally kind of like, hey, I'm the pastor. Make sure you get all this on camera, you worldly people, you worldly documentary crew that's filming me right now. <laughs> Homosexuality is a sin. Oh, that's except when I do except it. Except when I do that... it, then it's just hot and decadent. <laughs> Drugs are bad, but not you know. Sometimes they're okay. Look, you guys, I mean, you I mean, misunderstood I mean. me. Methamphetamine <laughs> is is uh, it's it's Jesus is uh, well, it's uh, hey, look over there, isn't that a bird? Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, um, you know, Jesus, it was Jesus's idea. Jesus was telling me, you know, uh, uh, you know. The, the 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 meth was was good so so you know I, but what I really I decided to what I smoke what it. I really love about this guy is he gives like and then masturbate with this other guy he gives like some <laughs> fucking he meets Levi and he gives like some like Hollywood inside advice to him he's like uh, you know he's like Levi's like yeah I've preached too and he's like oh yeah what what's your favorite thing to preach about and he's like 
faith. And then he goes, well, let me ask you something. Do you think people like your preaching because of your content or because you're a kid? And he's like, I don't know. And he goes, well, well, you'll know when you're 30. And then he goes, use, use the cute kid thing until you're 30. And then by then you'll have some good content. And it's like, geez, look at this guy just giving him some inside, you know, entertainment and then, industry. And then by then, you'll be able to call it male prostitutes. By then, you should be able to tell if a transgender person <laughs> is transgender or female. Because God knows I've made that mistake a few times in my life. <laughs> and son of a bitch said he he was a she. But I found out the hard way. No pun intended. Well, uh, and then we did meth so, later. So, you know, but it was better than, you know, it was all good. You know, as long as as long as I got the meth. I'm like, look, look, it's, Tammy, if that is who you say you are, we we got this bag of meth, you know, might as well do it since we're both here. I mean, God bless you. Oh, my goodness. I got to go. Uh, where's my check? Uh, so then at the end, they have voice of reason guy in the radio studio. And he actually and then I think batshit Becky is yeah, on, Becky right? calls in and they actually uh, have a little bit of a debate. And she's not really. She's kind of saying that she's using these kids basically for, you know, yeah. For, she's 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 making excuses. That's what she's, she's doing. She, she's saying, I would people in Islam indoctrinate your kids, their kids. So why can't we do that with our kids? That's her whole argument, and she's also saying that apparently democracy and equal rights is wrong. Like that's not right. Because this isn't what she personally believes in. And what surprised me the most was that her first thing wasn't, look, I'm teaching these kids the word of God, and if you have a problem with that, I'm sorry. That The fact that that wasn't the first thing she said showed me what, what the true agenda was. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a political thing. It's a total political thing. Um, but, you know, it's not like... Uh, Levi's mom, who's all like, there's two kinds of people in this world. People who love Jesus and people that don't. That's all. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And then another thing she says is she goes, you know, the guy's like, why go after kids? And she goes, you go after kids because they learn everything they learn by the time they're seven or eight is what they believe for the rest of their life. Uh, See? Bullshit, Becky. I'm here to tell you that that thankfully is bullshit. And that's how I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on this documentary is my th my final thoughts are i'm hoping these kids make up their own minds in their life i'm hoping well i mean in some ways she is right because there are some kids that are more gullible and malleable than others and that that is what's going to happen i'm hoping that these kids that. find their own way and i'm hoping that little mushroom headed looking kid I hope he doesn't let that spark of logic in him die. I hope he nurtures it and comes to his own conclusions. And I really hope that these kids turn out like me in the sense that when they are old enough, they're able to separate this is the programming and this is who I really am. And they're able to separate those two things. I really think this way. I really believe this. All this other stuff in my head, this was put here. This was planted here by my parents, by my youth pastor. And if I think it's bullshit, then I, that should be my choice. And I, that's ultimately, at the end of this documentary, I hope that's what happens uh, with all these kids. Yeah. Um, Becky pretty much ends it with, uh, she says that evangelical Christians, they will rise and they will take control of the world. Basically, that's what she's saying. Um, which is pretty scary. 
And thankfully, uh, that has not happened. Um, in fact, since this documentary has come out, uh, the U.S. has become a less religious nation. Um, there's a lot more skeptics and atheists now in the United States, especially young uh, teenagers and younger adults who don't align with any form of organized religion. And um, so that is proof that this future that she wanted is not coming is not coming to pass. Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, yeah and and you know this was like right in the heat of like the bush administration and all where yeah. like kind of the religious stuff was really dialed up heavily yeah and um there was kind of this this resurgence of christianity for a while um that that was very in in everyone's face and yeah i even with trump being president and all that like i i i feel like trump is doing the whole like yeah I'm a Christian whatever because he just wants to get those votes yeah. but I, th and I think he's a pretty ag I think he's a pretty agnostic mm -hmm. guy I don't really view Trump as a very yeah. religious guy I think he just uses well, those people like puppets mm -hmm. which he does very well in that sense alright folks so um, we are actually going to make this a two parter uh, was going to make this just a really long episode but I am like looking at the uh, time constraints that I have here so we're going to do the Batman thing where it's like stay tuned until next week will they get out of the dangerous situation they are in or will they succumb to the Joker's evil whatever so no, no, uh, will they uh, finish talking about Jesus camp and actually talk about some damn unsolved mystery segments yeah well stay tuned <laughs> that same unsolved mysteries channel so uh yeah Same next time. next episode we will be d uh doing a where are they now the kids of jesus camp mm -hmm. 10 years later i would really encourage everyone to go out and watch this documentary i might even put a link to it somewhere either in the group or in the description to this episode um by the way speaking of descriptions of episodes we have merch for the first time in forever we have uh, uncovering unexplained mysteries t-shirts so if you want to support the podcast and represent your favorite podcast Please click on the link in the description. It will take you to um, the site where you can purchase a shirt. Um, you can uh, join our Facebook group. Um, it's uh, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Go to Facebook.com and search the group section to just type that in. We are on Twitter, which I never promote because I honestly just still don't see the use for Twitter. But it's at uh, Uncovering UM. That's at Uncovering UM. And uh, we have YouTube channels. Me and Mike have separate but equal YouTube channels. If you want to catch Mike and his content, he uh, mainly reviews movies. You can find him at youtube.com slash OCP communications. What was the last movie you reviewed, Mike? Uh, last movie I reviewed is a 1986 drama called At Close Range with Sean Penn and Christopher Walken. Awesome. Was it a good movie? Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it's intense. I'm not was I didn't feel the plot was super engaging. I know it's based on a true story, but I felt the writing could have been a little bit better in terms of making it a little more engaging because it took place in a small town and and the characters are kind of unlikable because it's like you know he he's breaking the law. So breaking uh, the law, I, I breaking should, the law. You don't know what it's like. Uh, uh, but anyway, <laughs> so that's that's Mike's channel. You should check that out. You can check me out at YouTube.com/slash/DancingWithGhosts. Uh, I do all kinds of videos, comedy videos, uh, reviews. Um, Recently did the hilarious... Big fucking truck, uh, baby. 
Big fucking Hey, man, let me tell you something. In the South, we like our women scantily clad, and we like our trucks fucking big, and we like big truck nuts on the bottom of the truck. So if you're interested in any of that, you need to go check out a little music video I did called Big Fucking Truck. And it basically makes fun of all the dumb, ignorant rednecks that live in the South and their stupid-ass, jacked-up trucks. So, uh, yeah, if uh, you like country music, you might not want to listen to this because it's pretty much pissing on all the things you hold dear. Uh, for me and Mike, we hope you are able to make it through this this episode with an open mind. And um, me personally, man, I hope I opened some of your minds. I hope I got you thinking differently or maybe showed you what it's like from someone who used to be in that world and is now not um, by my own choice and my own conclusions. But until next week when we do part two, I hope everyone has a good rest of their week. Goodbye. Sayonara. What's up, everybody? Josh here. Just wanted to let everyone know that my new album, The Nightmare Inside You, is now available on Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. Thank you for any and all support. It means the world to me.